So hi friends and welcome to Crick Vidya's uh, cricket podcast. Uh, and uh, today we'll be uh, presenting to you part two of our preview uh, to the first test, uh, which is the pink ball test at Adelaide Oval. So uh, we'll be covering uh, quite a few uh, detailed uh, things about Adelaide, including uh, the history of games at Adelaide, how the pitch has evolved over time, uh, some memorable performances, and also uh, the uh, possible effect of pink ball uh, um, batting under light and also uh, the soft kookaburra ball. And to discuss all these uh, topics, we have with us uh, uh, Bharat. Hi, Bharat. Uh, welcome to the podcast. And uh, along with Bharat, I have uh, my fellow Crick with their teammate, Manju. Hey, Manju. Hi, Sunil. So, Bharat, uh, uh, we'll start with uh, you, of course, uh, you being uh, the more knowledgeable person. <laughs> So, uh, I first, I'd like you to tell us how, let's say, the pitch conditions uh, or have evolved over the years at Adelaide. How was it historically and how has it changed over time? So I think it was less bad at uh, who became the curator of Adelaide Oval in somewhere 1986 or 87. So once he became the curator, he became sort of legendary in the sense that he would prepare pitches that would be sort of good for batting, even bounce at the start of the match. Then it would sort of get worn out. Uh, some help for spinners, maybe pace bowlers or tall pace bowlers, like West Indies fast bowlers, or, or fast bowlers who can hit the deck. Uh, they would just pound it on the on, the, on those cracks and get something out of the pitch. So. Adelaide was known for that until, say, 2010 or whatever when he retired. Then I think Damon Howe has taken over. Obviously, drop-in pitches have also come in since 2013. But what I've seen with Damon Howe is, compared to Les Bedded, Les Bedded, uh, uh, we, we believed that he was still the director of Adelaide Oval for, for a while. Uh, but now Damon Howe obviously is the creator. Uh, what I've seen is he seems to leave a little more grass, just a little more grass. Uh, especially for day-night tests, we, we saw that when New Zealand played Australia in 2015-16, if I'm not mistaken, even when England played that test in 2017-18, just a little, little more grass uh, that was on the surface. Obviously, Pakistan played Australia in 2019-20. But uh, yeah, even though Pakistani ballers were hit around, it was, an, it was a very inexperienced pace attack. But Australia, Australia balled us a little bit in the pitch. I think uh, Damon Howe, especially for day and night test, leaves a little more grass. Even Darren Lehman has said that when he was the coach of Australian team, that uh, the track seems to have got slightly quicker compared to what it used to be. So that could be the, that small change in terms of how how, I, how it used to be. When when the prime sports started uh, showing highlights, let's say 94-95, when England toured Australia, uh, I think it was uh, the time when the three enigmatic cricketers from England, Phil Defritas, Malcolm and Lewis, took England to a sort of consolation win. Uh, if, if I compare it to that time to now, I think maybe, especially for day night test, the pitches got slightly quicker. Uh, so uh, coming to the current uh, recent past, like if we go back to 2004, uh, we had India uh, with a spectacular win at Adelaide. So that pitch compared to recent times as where Kohli got the 141 in the fourth innings. 
so you feel it has changed slightly i'm not saying it's changed to the big time what it used to be was like even bounds very good for batting then it used to get worn out so one change slight change i've seen since uh, australia played new zealand in 2015 16 is that damon how seems to leave a little more grass especially when it comes to day night test maybe it is because he wants this pink ball to sort of last longer so that that could be the reason why they do a little more grass on the on the surface he wants to he wants the batsman to see see the see the ball so he wants to ensure that the shine lasts longer that could be one of the reasons or whatever seems to leave a little more grass for only particularly day night test when india played australia in 2018 19 it seemed to be on the drier side it seemed to be a track like what it used to be when kohli scored at 100 or when india won that famous test in 2003 or, or for the matter if you go back 90s when when prime sports started showing highlights it used to be seemed to be similar but only particularly for day night test it seems to be a little progress so uh, before we go on to the discuss the ground uh, one thing we have to touch upon is australia's phenomenal pink ball record so so far there have been 14 pink ball games uh, to their credit they have performed well in those they have played seven of them among all the nations they have played the maximum number of games and apart from a very close three wicket victory against new zealand they seem to have won of them quite comfortably so how much this will uh, stand in stand in their stead while taking on india considering that india has played only one game against bangladesh which they won when you consider australia and australia first of all as i have said it uh, once already i believe that the masters when it comes to bowling the kokopara ball even if you take south africa into consideration if, if they play in australia it always seems like australia i uh, have some some sort of a slight edge when it comes to bowling with the red kokopara and their batsmen are very good with It's horizontal bat shots, so that's one thing one has to always consider. The, the one tight test of a uh, tight sort of uh, hard fought test was that Australia New Zealand. There was some movement again. The le- Damon Howe left a little bit, little more grass. I think that brought New Zealand attack into the equation. But finally, again, in Australian conditions, Australians were doing good. Obviously, in 2017-18, then England uh, played Australia and. That turned out to be a test match. That turned out to be a test match where uh, only barring at one session when James Anderson broke, ran through, ran through Australia, basically Australia had that upper hand. So when you consider all that, I think they know how to bowl with a cover ball first of all. So, uh, and in pink ball tests, little bit of movement, someone like Josh Hazelwood comes in, comes into the comes into the equation, and then you think of uh, obviously Stark has a very good record as well. Ping ball test. Uh, I think they have that attack kind of attack, and also their uh, and also their batsmen are pretty good uh, when when it comes to playing on Australian grounds. I think it's a combination of factors. So uh, previously, through many of our interactions, uh, you have also hinted that you would prefer a bowler who likes to bowl the channel in Australia uh, rather than someone who is a uh, targeting the stumps. So uh, your reason for that and little elaboration on that. It's channel bowling, as I already said. You can all always say that with pink ball, it might last a little bit longer compared to the red kookaburra or definitely the white kookaburra. But still, as even professionals have said, uh, even Sanjay Bangar, when he was with the Indian coaching setup, uh, said that for 15-20 overs, the ball seems to go soft. That's something all kinds of professionals have said. Coaches, 
when England won the Ashes in 2010-11 or when India performed well in Australia in 2003-04 or uh, when uh, it was Bruce Reed was the consultant consulting then he also talked about how for 15-20 hours Kokobara seems to go soft so once once it goes soft there isn't much uh, help for the bowlers especially with without much of a prominent seam so what can a bowler do that is to keep the channel ball in the channel pound it uh, if you can otherwise try some other tricks like odd wobble wall or some cutter something might might do something of the track uh, there's one of the basics i think of bowling in australia you need someone who can do that job for anyone obviously australia australians have masters at it that because they're so used to the conditions that you get the state of the conditions acclimatized to the conditions even if it is a simon cook coming into the australian team and bursting through new zealand somewhere in 97 they, they they know how to bowl in that channel at three quarter length so uh, obviously other teams have have to look at it uh, there was th- there was a thinking going around i don't know whether it is uh, true or not so there was a thinking going going around that they have to hit something like around 70% 65 70% on a good length area and and the channel to succeed in australia especially with the soft cover about so Uh, this is a big thing in Australia because you won't get much movement of 15-20 hours. You need someone in court and say, do, do the donkey's work or whatever, whatever you want to say. Just, just to ball, in, ball it in that channel. Uh, what costs uh, kind of power. So Bharat, uh, just for our listeners, if you could also explain how does it make a difference to a spinner? Uh, a regular red ball versus a pink ball? See, I don't have that great knowledge in that respect but what i can say is harbhajan singh used to say that when he was bowling the red kokobara ball especially of, of course he didn't bowl the pink kokobara he used to say that he used to feel like a rock is red kokobara when he first used it because he felt like uh, he felt uh, that with sg ball especially the sg ball of old uh, it used to used to get a bit more grip Hmm. Uh, of the surface so this is something never rarely used to get with a red kokobara so there's i think one of the main differences uh, you'll get a little grip with the uh, st ball obviously with the dukes it's a very consistent kind of ball so the seam will remain hard uh, ball is might get a little bit out of the out of the, out of the dukes but especially the st ball especially of st ball from some other time they used to say that after they walled rest sg balls they would get a little more grip of the surface that there's something harbhajan singh always used to say when he talk when you should talk talk about kokobara okay so when this pink ball becomes soft uh, does it affect the uh, like uh, performance of spinners also in some sense yeah see again it comes down to what kind of a spinner it could be maybe some someone likes it Uh, Ashley Mallet or, or the, the Nathan Lyons of the world because the impact over spin they may still get a little more kick, kick or a little more bounce of the surface uh, compared to an Asian spinner who is, who is somewhere, who could be somewhere different with different trajectories he might be imparting some side spin uh, different release points as Rangana Hirak once was talking about uh, Uh, while talking about different conditions when he was interviewed in some test match in sri lanka he was talking about these, these different trajectories different release points of asian spinners and uh, and as a typical spinner from australia or maybe go back in, in time to 60s when 
50s when he was day field used to ball for south africa southern hemisphere spinners i'm mainly thinking about so that could be slight difference but still someone like ashwin can do do a job with a soft cover he has i think enough enough tricks and obviously he has the control the main thing is just that he has the control to go long spells with a soft cover So one last question uh, with spinners. So India has uh, Ashwin. India uh, might not have uh, Chahal uh, in the team, but uh, they have a wrist spinner and then they have a left arm spinner uh, also. So in your sense, uh, is it like a wrist spinner could be more effective if he's like uh, a test, a proper test match bowler? You know, on Australian pitches, you can say that wrist spinner can be more effective, but I think you still want some control. Uh, so. in that sense uh, i think uh, india might uh, go with dashwin obviously kuldeep yadav is a is a very useful wrist spinner he has mm. some skills uh, obviously some someone who's an expert or, or knows more about spin than me might say mm. that kuldeep yadav also imparts side spin so it's not like he imparts not a power spin so that is something someone might say so Uh, yeah, the spinner, someone like obviously Shane Warne at his best used to impart both side spin and over spin. Then there was Stuart Mayville who used to impart a lot of over spin more than side spin. This kind of Australian spinners have uh, done very well. The spinners, I'm saying. Uh, but when when you think of the Indian team, if I think about this context, I, I believe Ashwin might be the better choice. Yes, experience of playing in Australian conditions. He's done well once in Adelaide. Of course, you can again counter me by saying that pitch perhaps was slightly drier. It was a day test. It's not a day night test, but he still has the experience of bowling in Adelaide. He has the control. Knows how, what happens with the soft cocker bar ball when it when it goes soft. This is like Australia. So he's toured Australia a couple of times. So I think Ashwin will get nod in that context. Over to you, Manju. Yeah, so we come uh, to a little bit blast from the past. Uh, on this very ground, uh, Gavaskar had a partnership of uh, 94 with the number 11 Shivdal Yadav. So, how important are lower order contributions according to you in this uh, pitch? And are you anticipating any batting collapse on this pitch? See, Adelaide, obviously conditions. You think of day night test, how to compare. Maybe it is slightly difficult to compare conditions from some other time at Adelaide and now. Yeah, funny things have happened in Adelaide, especially when tracks have got sort of worn out. We we saw that in the 93, 92, 93 West Indies Australia Test as well. The West Indies won by one run. There was huge collapse on Australia's top order, big order, and the team and Justin Langer shared that stand. So. There have been collapses. Adelaide, we have seen funny things in 2003-04 as well, when when India played Australia, there was a collapse. So, uh, England was Australia 2006-07, and, and that Test match where the pitch got worn out uh, as the match progressed, and England uh, played sort of uh, this sort of played cautiously and had a collapse. So, but again, you think of slightly different conditions. Then you think of the day-night Test, Australia, New Zealand. There were collapses, obviously. Uh, it's low, sort of low-scoring game, and then England played Australia, and uh, England were looking good, 170 for three or something. I don't think the ball didn't do much. It is basically one of those 
typically in collapses i believe they lost 670 or some 60 70 runs barring that delivery to joe root i don't think it was something like the ball was going darting zigzag or going around zigzag so yeah there have been collapses you can say, you can say that and as, as far as lower lower order contributions austin especially uh, have from time to time uh, done well in terms of lower order contributions they i what you can say is with a soft kokabara ball when when the ball goes soft uh, there is always a chance that seven down eight down for 250 and one couple of one batsman on a tail ender just combine blend together and share a stand off 80 100 or whatever i think that, that is where this key point that a good third seamer can still look like a threat and come into the equation when there's a stand especially it's a soft cut over a ball so now coming to the challenges uh, which are faced by the team losing the toss so in this two situations will arise that is you bowl first and you bat last so suppose india finds itself bowling first so what are the challenges you can see coming our way really day night test i think well, there will be a little, little bit of i expect a little bit of grass for a day night test so uh, one one point the ball is shouldn't it perhaps really excited thinking that the ball will dart around pitch on like stump and hit 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 the off stump it that's not going to happen i think it was england who bowled first in 2017 18 they were perhaps expecting a little bit of grass seeing a little bit of grass it will do, do all kinds of things it didn't there will be a little bit of seeing moment i believe just uh, keep hitting the channel expect the ping ball to do a little more so dot ball might do something uh, so that that is something they have to look at don't get excited thinking that whatever little grass is there it will dart around uh, it will be something like green mumbai don't be anything like that that will maybe a tad bit of grass give bit of grass so that is something uh, i think the indian camp has to look at uh, obviously the third session could be always important twilight uh, around the twilight time it seems to do some funny things you can also say that the batsman some batsman it's uh, i think started with alistair cooks uh, saying that you can't seem to pick in the twilight time the indian batsman also talked about it a little bit uh, during the eden gardens test uh, that could be one of the reasons obviously the ball seems to reach the batsman slightly earlier this pink ball because of poor lacquer more gloss so that means reduction in air resistance so during the twilight time again ball is sometimes it due to some indirect factors it seems to do more sometimes it doesn't do anything so again this key is to not get really excited thinking that oh it will twilight time day night test night conditions the ball will move around big like a banana swing or boomerang swing i don't think it won't produce this way i don't think we'll see that every every single day so key for the indian bowlers perhaps is just ball discipline stuff as as there was thinking going around that you have to hit around it could be slightly different for a hobart test or some other test where there could be a little more grass but consistently around 65 70% on a good length spot if you hit that area in that corridor of uncertainty or whatever you want to call it 
Like that, that's the key point. Uh, you won't expect Kokobara, or even the pink Kokobara, you won't expect it to go around like Dukes or something. There will be a little bit in it. But uh, key is key in Australian conditions is just maintain discipline. Uh, we saw that in the practice game that suddenly during the night conditions, Indians seem, seem to lose lose the plot. I'm not uh, criticizing, but they seem to lose the plot ball on outside of width and offer, uh, then uh, one shot at, and then one shot delivery, then one delivery on the next time. So they, I think that could cost India just to key in Austin countries to maintain discipline for a long period of time, as long as you can. And uh, like how in Perth, there is a Fremantle doctor which blows across the ground, the old Vaca. Uh, do you feel that the breeze can play any role in this ground uh, in the evening time? Less, I think it was less bad at himself. Once told that southwesterly wind, when there's a southwesterly wind, that could be a little bit of swing. But this, he said it somewhere in 2000 before the redevelopment took place. As you know, the redevelopment took place between 2008 to 2014, around that time. So I don't know how exactly this change is redeveloped. But according to him, when there's a southwesterly wind blowing, the, it could help bowlers who can generate a little bit of outswing. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's obviously a legendary curator, so what he says, one has to believe he, he was a curator for some 20 to 23 years, so yeah, it could, but I don't think it's as famous as the Fremantle doctor. And uh, lastly, uh, something which we tend to miss is uh, for the fielding of uh, the touring side. Many times, uh, Indian sides land up in Australia and uh, encountered with large swathes of real estate at the boundaries. Uh, but now the fitness levels have improved and the throws are like rocket throws. So any specific uh, conditions you see with regards to field placement uh, on this ground, which has large square boundaries? Yeah, see, not, not exactly. Obviously, in Australia, first of all, look at the slip cordon that, that even in Adelaide, the slip cordon will be, they, they, they will be slightly further behind. Uh, there, there might be... Uh, so there might be something like a sweeper cover, a sweeper cover might be placed here and there. So field placings in Australia, obviously, uh, you look at this longer boundaries. So you think of say that not exactly Adelaide test. You think of the Waka test that uh, Kevin Peterson tried to play short of Nathan Lyon and it held up in the breeze and it was caught of the boundary, long one boundary or something. So you will obviously get longer boundaries. So you can always uh, think of fielders uh, uh, somewhere at long on or even sweeper cover as, as in a sort of slightly attacking position uh, say compared to England or uh, some other country where, where it would likely land up in the stand. So that could be factors with Australian grounds. And uh, it will be, it's wrong to compare with the red ball test. But in the early 2000s, there have been uh, certain test matches where suddenly the third innings, there is a collapse, which allows enough time to produce a result. So do you see something similar happening in the ping ball game or considering that's, the history of the ground? That's what I said. When less bad it was around, used to see pitches with even bounds, then used to see pitches that used to get worn out. Even if you think of that West Indies, West Indies oscillate test, it got really worn out and West Indies suffered a collapse and Australia suffered a collapse, 90 to 93 test. But as I said, for day-night test, the creator seems to leave, particularly for the day-night test, the creator seems to leave just a little bit of grass. 
even when England collapsed in 2017-18 or, or when there was this Australia-Zealand test, I don't think the conditions changed much. It seemed to remain the same. The pinball issued a little bit. Uh, so uh, even for fourth innings, the New Zealand ballers were getting enough help, especially during the twilight time. It used to seem to do a little more. So I, I'm not too sure whether you will see those famous characteristics of Adelaide here. Uh, where the pitch would get completely worn out because I expect a wee bit of grass at least, uh, especially for a day-night test. Right, uh, related to the same thing, I just wanted to ask a little outlandish question. Uh, do, will, the, will, will the captain batting second consider declaring behind the first innings score uh, so that to buy himself time? Because it has happened by chance in previous games uh, in the 2000s where they were bowled out for a lower score. So, do you think it is a good thing to do or it will you just like to bat on? I think it will, this sort of things, I think it will come down to the situation, right? So, for example, that Adelaide test of 2006 or Adelaide test of 2003, 500 or something. So, then perhaps would declare. So, in this sort of situation, the only gamble you can perhaps think of is. Uh, so you are far behind the test and uh, so sort of you want to sort of declare a uh, ball under twilight or something uh, to see whether, whether so there's there's gamble obviously. It yeah. obviously has uh, taken up that example of England Australia test. Uh, uh, England got the chance to bowl in second innings and suddenly there's only one innings it basically happened. Uh, James Harrison mm -hmm. got to swing like crazy. Uh, so on the innings, it really went like that. So, but that's a huge gamble. That's so one gamble you can look at. Uh, I'm not too sure you will see uh, sort of huge scores. Uh, this ping ball test, I think it will be relatively at least low scoring. Or something like 100 will, 550 will play 450 and at 450 or sort of declaring and uh, hoping that you can win the test. Not too sure you will see this, those kind of scores. And uh, lastly, if India is chasing on this wicket, what uh, what is the score they would be happy? Less than 200 or? Okay, 250 perhaps is the max. Perhaps you can, you can look at uh, anything more than 250. Then you have to bat one session under night conditions or twilight. Um, I'm pretty sure. Then the ball could do a lot. At least a little more. If it uh, won't do a lot more, so then it would, I think, it first 300 350 uh, i think 250 something like that where where if you get one session without the lights it might be something like 100 110 for two or something and then from there it gets to a tough one session under lights and then try to chase it down so 250 could be the max Bharat, uh, i yeah. uh, we we're talking about uh, the twilight session and lot of wickets fall but I was looking at some data where it uh, the bowling strike rates are almost similar in all three sessions uh, for day-night tests. So in yeah. that sense, wickets are not falling that quickly. Uh, yeah, that's, 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 that's true. That's why I said it didn't mean every single day it would bow around big. Uh, what what I've seen, what I've seen over a period of time is occasionally it seems to do more. Okay. It doesn't seem to do every single time and when we think of Pakistan bowling in Australia last last time around, there were two in experience. I 
I think the world. Uh, I don't want to be harsh, but the world scattered and stuff. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if it was doing more for them, if it was doing less for them. It doesn't really matter if it all scattered and stuff. But what I've seen is, even if you don't consider leave alone test matches in Australia, let's think of day night tests in India or the occasional day night tests that's happened in England. It's not moved around every single day. Occasionally, it seems to do more. but it doesn't seem to do more every single day so some when certain factors indirect factors everything comes mm. into consideration when everything uh, sort of goes according to plan then it might do more under like we, we saw that even during the ipl it's not like every single uh, night it was doing li- little more uh, but occasionally the white ball seemed to swing at least you don't expect much uh, with the white ball but at least it seemed to swing for 3 4 hours instead of 1 2 hours so when all kinds of factors come into play then you might see something happening during the twilight period or night conditions i don't think you will see it every single day in this test match uh, the ball moving zigzag we saw that even during south africa australia test if i remember correctly i think australia declared australia i don't know which is And South Africa declared. South Africa declared, even though they were not bowled out, but they didn't get much uh, out of the surface in the or in the air out of the 15-20 hours, whatever they bowled in the last session. So it's not like every single day it will do. Yeah. So and also uh, another question I had was that uh, you said that Nathan Lyon is uh, has over spin and he's able to uh, get that additional zip. Uh, Through the pitch, and uh, but no other spinner actually has been able to perform well in pink ball test. So uh, at max, uh, p- uh, people have taken one or two wickets uh, spinners, but Nathan Lyon uh, has some twenty-four, eighteen uh, wickets uh, for pink ball test. That's true. It's not just good at poor spin. I think he's like the if you want a sort of Hindi word or something, baksha poor spin. So uh, that, that is something you have to consider and. He also has such good control over his bowling, and you see, you see, but obviously, you look at say traditional English spinners or maybe Asian spinner. Even if they impart over spin, they seem to bowl a slightly different line in sense that they bowl some of the bowl middle and sort of leg line. It's Australian spinners that tend to bowl outside off. A few days ago, I was watching that uh, again that Adelaide Test of 92-93. What I saw was that. Even though Tim May was not in Nathan Lyon's class, what I was seeing is that uh, what I was seeing was that he was bowling it outside off, getting imparting typical Australian off spinner, imparting over spin and getting that little bit of kick. This Australian spinner tend to bowl from outside off, uh, and Nathan Lyon Nathan Lyon isn't just good at over spin like is it Tim May is. He's, I think he's basically king of over spin and has such good control. He'll just hit a particular spot. Just I think batsman has to take a few risks. Again, someone like uh, Nathan Lyon, it could be the sweep uh, that uh, maybe it's because due to Duncan Fletcher saying it because he was he's he's such a huge fan of sweep uh, to Kohli or in 2015-14-15 or it could be batsman trying to come down the wicket, alter the length or whatever. I think you have to take a few risks against Nathan Lyon if you allow him to bowl. On a particular area, maybe there could be slightly slight rough to the Mitchell Stark, uh, this left-arm fast bowler. If, if you allow Nathan Lyon to do that, and I think you'll take uh, five, six, four, five, whatever wickets. I think uh, Stark factor is quite uh, huge uh, for Nathan Lyon also. 
and we heard stories that lion comes in the morning to just see the pitch that where should i pitch the ball yes. where is the rough and then just targets that rough every time every ball yeah and that's something obviously you can see it with how nathan lion balls i think you think of that uh, bangalore test of 2017 there there is one crack or maybe two cracks it won't exactly remember but he seemed to pitch everything everything absolutely everything on that particular crack or a particular indentation so uh, that's something that uh, uh, does the way boys can see that he someone doesn't try too many things uh, this is your typical australians uh, australian spinner in australian ball you won't get dust dust ball or a raging turner or a sharp turner so You, you might get a little bit of rough uh, for a spinner. I'm talking about a spinner. So, for for a spinner, uh, you just have to hit those rough patches. It might be a couple of rough patches. Uh, I don't think it is someone who experiments a lot. So just what uh, yeah. is this is like? A, uh, I don't exactly want to say the word, but it's a bit like uh, in, in a sense. In a sense, it's like a Glenn McGrath. Uh, this is not someone who tries. He tries too too many things. Just Sticks to mm. simple plans. Sees a rough patch or two, or or an indentation or two, or just uh, just hit it and yeah, with this inverse spin and just test. And also, I'll just continue with spin. One more question. So we've seen that Ashwin. Uh, uh, there have been many instances has been ineffective in the uh, second innings. Uh, so, do you see any uh, evident reasons why that happens? Especially overseas tests. You know that was it Southampton test. Yeah, uh, that test Ashwin himself says he wasn't really fit. fit. That could be one of the reasons. Other reason could be I think I'm not too sure. Ashwin doesn't agree with this. That perhaps didn't really hit the rough patches as much as he should have. So he might have tried to experiment a little more. Hmm. I I think this. Or when you go to places like say, Australia or England, you won't get too much help for as a spinner. So you might get one or two rough patches or whatever. So just have to, I think, hit those patches and uh, hope hope that uh, something will do off surface. So obviously, even I think Graham Thomas said that Ashwin didn't seem to be fit during the South Africa. So I think we have to take a professional because. उटरीमेंट Trying to experiment too much. You think of the 2011-12 tour as well. I think he played in that test series. It seemed like he's trying too much, trying too hard. Mm. But I think the same times that one, I think he had, that one real chance he had was that uh, the four test match in England. So also, uh, do you think it could be a good strategy to not over bowl him in first innings? So that he still remains fresh, because then he can be more effective in the second innings. So yeah, that's a good point. But again, it depends on what could be India's situation. If something like say, 
if india are uh, doing very really well then in the column might use cms or spells three uh, cms and ashwin might get only a little bit few overs but if say, some steven smith or obviously score back i understand uh, or lebushan or someone gets stuck into the indian team and mm-hmm. 200 for 2 3 then obviously a soft yeah. couple of four years and he has to bowl a lot of overs so over to you manju oh yeah so lastly just uh, asking about kohli and adelaide's love affair yeah and obviously uh, i think of that Well, is it uh, completely love affair, or uh, it finally ended in uh, some disappointment uh, that uh, 2014-15? So it's like yeah. a, uh, what they say, bitter sweet symphony of sport. That's what mm. they say. Obviously, that that is a, obviously great innings from Kohli. Uh, as I said, one thing he really did well was try to sweep. I think the, this is something perhaps Kohli sort of missed out in uh, Southampton. Could have tried maybe one or two sweeps just to see what will happen to Moin Ali. Whether and someone like Moin Ali, someone who seems to lose his confidence as well. Uh, we've seen that when 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 a batsman tries to attack, but he did this very well in 2014-15. That is one thing I really saw with Virat Kohli. Just brought out the sweep. It's not I've rarely seen him play the sweep. That he just brought out the sweep, kept sweeping, kept scoring runs. And it was a, a brilliant knock in the sense that uh, the track was definitely helping his spinners. A typical Adelaide, uh, that was a typical Adelaide pitch. In the second innings, the pitch would get worn out. There would be some rough patches, and someone like Nathan Lyon, obviously, in such conditions, is a sort of beast. And uh, that was one of uh, definitely modern day uh, great innings. Yeah, uh, really, obviously. Uh, I see him looking forward to again making an impact in Adelaide. So over the years uh, covering games at uh, this ground, uh, which are your five most memorable performances or memorable games? Also, you can uh, list if you remember. Vast, yeah, vast, uh, right? Because I've been in this field for six, seven years. Yes. I think you have to go back to ninety one, ninety two. That's the first time I. There was a time I started watching cricket or listening to cricket. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, my friend, four uh, years older to me or whatever, he had a transistor, so we used to bring it to school as well. Sometimes during the break, breaks as well, we used to listen uh, with a battery transistor. It was I think uh, whatever, and uh, we used to listen to commentary. Uh, uh, vaguely remember Azhar Jain's uh, brilliant hundred. Uh, we only recently I actually saw these innings. I had never seen these innings. I had only listened to these innings uh, in 1991-92. Very mm-hmm. those risky kicks, the risky drives. He was actually dropped by none other than Mark Waugh. Dropped him. Uh, dropped a seater for us at short cover. Uh, one of the few catches he ever mm-hmm. dropped in his career. Afterwards, actually, Mark Waugh said that uh, he himself was thinking about his form. Azurdin himself was in really bad form at that time. He was yeah. hitting those straight to mid wicket. He was getting out LBW and yeah. two dodgy decisions. 
that that was one of one brilliant things in the game close again in the complain about umpiring finding the loss but you runs then the 9293 test happened asle west indies this this was a cracker of a test again i listened to commentary a little bit uh, at the time there was no uh, live telecast uh, this this was a, again a worn out pitch uh, when australia came out to bat second innings cutley ambrose and just had the ball in it the world series cup finals when dean world series cup finals yes when dean johns had uh, sort of uh, got him angry asking him to mm-hmm. throw that uh, remove yeah. so ambrose was really bowling fast the uh, ball a cranky crazy bumper it cut uh, a great allen border and he no other choice but to uh, play it straight to forward shot like this uh, obviously testing like langer sit on had lot of times by ian bishop and ambrose uh, then there was a stand between uh, langer and uh, Uh, I think it was Stingley and then Wayne McDermott and McDermott has uh, finally given out. I don't, I'm not too sure. I think he, I don't think he really hit it, but it was given out. Very, very good match. Stingley balled brilliantly uh, for just one while in the second innings. Uh, Mark was caught four boundaries before he got out and the brood of a delivery from Courtney also. So it was a kind of game that, uh, seesaw game that uh, there are a lot of twists and turns. Uh, there's something we saw. Uh, then there is a 97-98 test. I'm pretty sure everyone knows that by now, uh, which was telica, which was telecasted live. Obviously, we saw that live in India as well. Australia, South Africa, it became controversy. Uh, one of the scratch, perhaps the scratchiest hundreds that uh, Mark has ever played. Uh, the Lane Investment, one of the scratchiest hundreds, I think. But one of those few times we saw Mark trying to play like his little twin, just being mm-hmm. give up. You dropped, I think, very early on. at forward shot like i think it was draw lot of inside edges obviously played the occasional blow is backward drive uh, uh, covered drive as well uh, trademark flick but it was kind of battling not that you hardly see from him uh, was see from him and this was the match i think i i even uh, bunked one uh, final period uh, in school just just to see Uh, one of my mm. favorite passing batting, and when I came, it was on 102 or something, and on 110, 108, I think it was on 108. When it was on 108, that was that hit wicket that controversy. Obviously, technical point of view, as Chibano said, uh, technically perhaps had received the ball by then, and he was not out that mm. he can be played forever. Uh, South Africans were very angry. Pat Simcox, Simcox, he was swearing at the umpires. As was Hansik Mane. Mm-hmm. and that is there's a very good test match until the final test play it seemed like a draw it was a typical adelaide test suddenly uh, livened up the test match then obviously you think of uh, the 2003 4 test india india australia again it seemed like a draw on test ajit agarkar opened it up with the spell of one of one of india's greatest ever spells i think overseas at least with reverse swing attend kar also i think got wickets from all i remember dravid uh, laxman stand dravid even trying few hooks pulls and hooks there's something mm-hmm. uh, don't usually see and uh, finally india winning the test that that, that was a, a very good test and obviously the 2006 7 test match again similar kind of test england and australia england seemed to have that upper hand Ashley Giles dropped a tough chance. I, I, I don't remember Ricky Ponting's innings because I had a math exam that day, so uh, uh, 
first i don't remember like the comments but i just definitely remember england second innings ian well was run out england got very cautious kevin peterson was cleaned up around this back so after playing a good innings in the first test first day calling good also played very well obviously in the first innings and then england played too cautiously and australia chased on what 170 7 for 4 or whatever and uh, obviously there is some more controversy with that test the demon martin uh, matthew hayden controversy and martin i think retired from mm. from australia uh, from 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 all formats i think he retired uh, then obviously recent times australia obviously 2000 is a dominated a lot of test matches so you won't get too many hard for test recently i think that new zealand australia test match was a close one mm. Obviously, yeah. the New Zealand would think of again a couple of decisions that went against them that that perhaps cost mm-hmm. cost them a test. There was uh, a DRS of uh, Nathan Lyon. Yeah, yes, yes, yeah. yes. So the wrong ball was fed by the production team to the umpire. Some, the previous yes, ball yes, was thrown, and yeah. Uh, then yeah, they concluded not. Yes. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, I wasn't on. Uh, text commentary that they had an off that that is that was uh, one of one of those very interesting test matches in recent times and if you go back in history perhaps there was that I, I, of course i'm not watched it i've only heard about it, it was i think the 1982 test match between australia and west indies uh, west indies had this crazy attack colin croft michael holding andy roberts joel carner but lastly battled through i think they scored 386 or something like that in the final innings the west mm. indies the seesaw test west indies were definitely on the top they lastly came back and uh, finally australia were chasing some two uh, west indies were chasing 240 or 250 but the champion west indies side got through scraped through four wickets in and five wickets in and i think this this could be added to it so, but this is some of the best tests i have watched i started watching i started listening to radio in 9192 uh, and started what uh, prime sports uh, showed highlights of england as a sasley test match in 94 95 after that obviously has been took over so so sunita yeah so bharat last question from my side uh, what would be your advice to the indian batsmen I don't think <laughs> I should be the one who should give advice and all that. But the best thing you can say is this batting lineup perhaps has slight issues versus the moving ball. So that is where they have to think about. I'm pretty sure uh, I might be diplomatic or whatever. I'm pretty sure the Indian coaching staff will give the right kind of advice to the Indian camp by saying that you would present a straight bat. Uh, as martin cross said when was critical actually when indian batsmen flopped in that old trafford test of 2014 against uh, anderson's opening spell he said that uh, most of the some of the indian batsmen weren't loading their back foot for the front foot to push forward so if the ball moves around that is something in batsmen paraphrases have to look at so, uh, get the footwork right quick footwork uh, australian pitches even adelaide pitch that could be a little more bound so Uh, if, if your footwork isn't quick, you know, on Australian pitches generally, unless you think of MCG or something, uh, you will definitely get caught in the trees. We saw that with when uh, Joe Burns in, in that uh, practice game itself. There was a slower pitch uh, basically in Sydney, but still he got caught in the trees, got opened up, and on the defence end was caught behind. So that is something you know, I think a lot of batsmen have to get used to when when they go to Australia. Even it could be a delay. 
little less bounce, but that will be still enough bounce for the bowlers to exploit your weakness if you get hard in the face if your footwork isn't good. And also, uh, one strategy could be that uh, during the second session, you could be a little aggressive when uh, it is the easiest to score, maybe. Yes, the softer cover ball, uh, there's something that uh, even second session or softer cover ball is something that Austin team has always taken advantage of. Uh, so himself, sir, himself said that uh, uh, lower order contributions could come in come in handy. That there is against the soft cover ball when when the ball goes soft, uh, the Austin batsmen have all, always generally taken advantage of it. That's something Indian batsmen also can look at. Just get through that initial period. Obviously, not seeing someone like Prithvi Shaw has to if he gets ever gets picked, he has to play in that that way. Uh, but try to get through the initial 10-15 hours because the cover ball will do something 10-15 hmm. hours. And uh, not think about the white cover So this will definitely do something. So once you get to the initial period, even bounce, second session or something like that, usually you will see a lot more runs in Austin conditions. And unless you are say 40, 60 for three, 60 for four, then then you are. Yeah, I think I agree. And uh, a lot of people have said that uh, uh, if you want to win, and most of the wins that India has also got. They've got a good start. So that is actually uh, quite a key that uh, the openers can uh, dig in and uh, uh, make the ball old. So yeah, if... That's true. And here one more point I have to add. See, if you play against the Dukes, you can say that, oh, this Dukes ball, Dukes uh, red ball, it will do something for 50-60 over. So even if you try mm. to defend so some ball, one particular ball, I mm. might get, why not attack? But in, in this particular context of 15-20 overs, definitely the Kokabara ball, even the pink Kokabara ball will go soft. So, that initial period, initial struggle, uh, without the opposition making too many incisions. So, great. Uh, thank you, Bharat, for uh, such a detailed uh, review and uh, giving us many technicalities about the uh, the pink ball, the pitch, and all those things. So I think the listeners would uh, really enjoy listening to this preview because it's uh, quite different as we go in-depth into the Adelaide history, pitch, and all those factors. So thank you and for coming on the podcast. And uh, we hope to have you again for a different topic. Thank you.